0: From a galaxy far, far away. And a bookshelf straight out of the 90s. From Thrawn to Dantooine and everything in between, this is Legends Look Back.
1: What is up, everybody, here on the first Legends Look Back episode of 2021. New year, same shenanigans going on in the world. Um, It's been a crazy couple days. In the US, at least. I know we've got an international audience. I also know our international audience has been paying attention to what's been happening at home. And uh, we just want to start off the show by, of course, saying, hey, we're going to talk about some wacky legend stuff. We're going to show off some uh, holiday presents that we've received and... uh, Books that we've bought ourselves with with um, income that is somewhat disposable, and even if it's not, it's become disposable now that we've spent it on Star Wars books. So we at least want to start off the episode by saying that, uh, you know what, uh, in the midst of our own personal Revenge of the Sith, that it feels like we're living uh, we do, however, want to acknowledge the pain and fear that people are experiencing. Um, we're right here with you in it. We're in the midst of it. You should have heard our pre-show conversation <laughs> before we press the, the live button. Uh, if only you could feel Meg's stress level like I can feel uh, anyway we absolutely just want to make it clear that we don't stand with those who are inflicting terror on the country uh, we hope that this show can bring you some escapism or some peace or some shenanigans uh, hey we're gonna have a fun time here tonight talking Star Wars and we are excited that you are here with us now what do
0: you think Freddie does that about sum it up yeah yeah I think that sums it up just uh you know it's a crazy it's a crazy environment out there right now and just uh you know enjoy enjoy your favorite things at this point which is Star Wars in our opinion. Absolutely.
1: And you know what else is happening in the world of Star Wars? It has been a heck of a week for Star Wars, hasn't it, Freddie?
0: Yes. And I can't tell you how many times I've misspelt this sentence to Hugh <laughs> Republic.
1: <laughs> Hugh Republic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. Yeah, we. It's. it's uh, I'm trying to just... Uh, Shuffle through this massive stack of stuff I'm going to show off on the show tonight. Uh, This is the first of four copies of Light of the Jedi that I own, and uh, actually have not read this one, read a digital version, but uh, the other day my wife said to me, your target order's coming in soon, and that's when I said, "Uh uh-oh, what target order? (laughs) She looked it up and said, Light of the Jedi, you pre-ordered it in July, and I said, oh, because I also pre-ordered it from other places so they're just coming in like the letters from hogwarts that come through the door you know what i'm talking about freddie and they're just like they're just keep on coming non-stop they got lights of the jedi (laughs) happening everywhere flying everywhere and i'll tell you what if it makes it to the number one on the new york times bestseller list uh, i deserve one of those yavin medals (laughs) for as many times as i've bought the list (laughs) that bought this book and we're gonna talk a little bit more about the high republic launch uh in just a minute but for now let's start the show Hello everybody and welcome to Legends Look Back, a show brought to you by Eugenia.com, a show that's been described as a podcast for people who say, hey, remember Y2K? Every single New Year's, where we talk about all things Star Wars Legends, celebrating our rich EU history, as well as diving into lesser known Star Wars classics. I'm your host, Jared Mays, and today I'm joined for the first time in 2020, Freddie C. What's up, Freddie?
0: Not to be confused with John Legend's oldest hits. <laughs> But I'm doing man, I'm doing oh, well. There's gosh. High Republic, uh, kind of taking away the the craziness in the world. Uh, all of the stuff coming out for this new era, it's going to be interesting. It's not not quite Legends, but it's going to be uh, a good ride either way as a Star Wars fan.
1: Yeah, it's really. Um, an interesting time period because it's it's so close to The Phantom Menace, and yet it's far enough away from The Phantom Menace that it feels fresh and new and full of possibilities. Uh, we've got, like, a, not a young Yoda, but a less crusty Yoda than we've got in the prequels. <laughs> so it's like, it's in this, this unique time period. We, however, in Legends, uh, we hold, for now at least, we've got claim to the Old Republic, but High Republic now is happening in canon. We've got all kinds of new books coming out out uh, so far we've got the the marvel comic and light of the jedi and a test of courage today in the mail i got my my copy of the great jedi rescue and i had to fight my kids off from taking the stickers out of it because uh this is a collector's copy y'all collector's copy i'll buy another one for my kids but i don't want it to be ransacked once those stickers are out of there the value on it just plummets doesn't it freddie
0: yeah yeah, I, I <laughs> yeah used to those collect, stickers are daddies i used to collect like the sticker books back in the day and uh, they just started falling out and not worth it anymore
1: yeah, yeah. This, one, this one's important. I'm, in my mind's eye, I haven't made it happen in, in real life yet. I'm thinking about an entire High Republic shelf, and if you've seen my Star Wars room, maybe in the behind-the-scenes UTini um, decrypted video I did a few months ago, you'd be asking yourself, well, where would you put another shelf? And that is the problem. That's the question. I don't yet know, but it's probably going to happen. Um, I've shown off one new book that I've gotten um, recently that is Light of the Jedi, but uh, I happen to know for a fact that Meg has a brand new Legends book to show off that she has recently acquired, and I've got a big secret to say right after Meg shows off her Legends book. Uh, You got it for us, Meg? What's your new acquisition? Get ready for Kenobi, the hardcover. (sighs) So beautiful. Bring it up like three inches, Meg. (laughs) There it is. There it is. Awesome. There it is. It's so gorgeous. Isn't it great? It It looks like your copy might be... Maybe like 10% fresher than mine, because I also got the Kenobi hardcover. Ah! Why, why are we buying the same things without consulting other first? Uh, this did also just happen recently, Meg, with Darth Plagueis. Yeah, that's right. Um, it, but let it be known, this was not discussed, it was not pre-planned, nope. it's just the way the Force works. We're, uh, a, we're a Force dyad. Get, sure. Something like that. I guess so. <laughs> How about you, Freddy? What you got? Oh, just as good of a book as Kenobi, The Crystal Star. i actually uh i found this
0: randomly at a i was at a a thrift store with my parents just you know browsing around and it was just sitting on the shelf there and it's in a really good shape almost as if no one ever read this so
1: well i'm not gonna say whether or not they should read it (laughs) because let's be honest i have not read it since probably the 90s it has been a while we'll get to it one of these days because you know what freddie I ordered the Crystal Star today, <laughs> today, <laughs> nice. from Thrift Books. How about that for some Legend Synergy? Um, what happened was I've got my, my wish list on ThriftBooks, and every now and then, if I'm bored, I'll scroll through and just see if anything on my wish list is in stock and a, of good quality. Uh, and, of course, at a good price. And, you know, I needed to get my... Uh, my rewards points, they're offering some kind of bonus and rewards points. I've always got different things going on. I was like, well, I guess I'll order the Crystal Star. It's going to give me extra points, and it'll it'll go on my shelf, and we'll get it to it one of these days. But i got to say, out of all the new things that I've picked up lately, the thing that I'm most excited to show off is um, I yesterday went to my local comic store and picked up, I actually don't even know the exact count, five or six copies of Cavan Scott's new high republic comic and freddie have you ever collected like variant covers on comics because it is a deep dark yeah. expensive rabbit hole my friend it
0: is a very very expensive rabbit <laughs> hole there's there were two comics that i collected uh variants of because the art on the covers were just probably the best cover art i've ever seen and both of them were titled well one of them was titled the star wars and the other one was just star wars and uh there was a Macquarie variant that I was on the hunt for, and I cannot tell you how long it took me to finally get it, and it qu- <laughs> it was quite expensive. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. You know, I've never collected variant
1: covers, uh, and when it comes to Star Wars comics, I mostly read digitally. I've recently started picking up the Legends Epic Collections, which I did get another one of those recently. I had a pre-order that came in of uh, The Tales of the Jedi. Um what do we call this sucker the the tales of the jedi legends epic collection even though it doesn't actually contain any of the issues of tales of the jedi it's it's a whole thing but i imagine they're eventually going to get there it actually collects the uh dawn of the jedi uh comics anyway i'll I'll reread this one of these days but i did go to my local comic store me and uh, two other local star wars fans who i've recently made acquaintance with from a distance behind masks and all that uh, we all stormed into the comic store right as they opened. Immediately, gobbled up all of the collector's variants of <laughs> Light of the Jedi*. Oh no, what do we call this thing? *The High Republic* by Kevin Scott. So, if I can get uh, these not too reflective with my light, I got the cover here with the Nihil. Um This one's got like the Drin gear or whatever you call those things. We got the Trandoshan Jedi on there. Um, this one's fun. It's got Avar, Chris, and Yoda
0: mm, that on the cover. Really
1: cool. It is beautiful, and both uh, the the guys in the comic book store and me, we almost walked out without it. And we didn't see it. It was in the very back of the stack, and then one of them on the way out the door said, Wait a second. Isn't one of these supposed to have Yoda? And we all ran back in the room. <laughs> we <laughs> found them. All right, here's the regular cover, which is gorgeous. Um, and then this one was the most expensive that I paid for. There's there's more expensive ones that are out there, but the most ex- this one's got... Um, Okay, with Keeve Trennis with her double bladed green lightsaber. Awesome. Absolutely incredible. Um, anyway, pretty excited. And I'm thinking about constructing some kind of like a comics display area in here. I'm not sure what that would look like. But um, if anybody's good at like home improvement projects, if you got a cool comics variant covers collection, throw them in the Legends Look Back Discord channel. We'd love to hear about it. How about you, Meg? You ever collected a variant covers on comics? Um, I have a few of. Uh, one of the issues of what was it? Whatever um, the age of
0: uh, resistance, oh, yeah. yeah, the age uh, of whatever. Yeah, there's a lot of them. I know uh, <laughs>
1: what, whichever one had phasma, phasma had like a single, oh, injury, sure, sure. And there are a couple That's smart. of those, and of course, I had to have those. Oh, see, Meg, now you've got my wheels spinning. Yeah. I'm like, I should get the variant covers with all of my favorite characters on there them. You go. Like now, I'm now I'm like, I got to get the variant covers for Dark Empire. And that's got to be expensive because that's a, what, 30-year-old comic oh. at this point. So uh, it's going to happen. They're going to love me at my local comic book store after all this is said and done. (laughs) But I don't want it to get out of hand. I went into it thinking, I want to support local business. It's got to be a hard time to be a local comic book store because not a lot of people are coming in person. You can buy digitally. I was like, I want to throw them some business. I want to throw some of my Christmas money their way. And uh, you know, really loving this High Republic launch. Absolutely loved Light of the Jedi, one of my favorite canon books uh, to date. Incredibly, incredibly written book. And um, was like, "Ah, if this comic's anything like it, you know, it's going to be great. So I'll pick up, I'll I'll limit myself to five covers, which just so happened to be exactly how many they had in store. So I won, they won, the economy won, (laughs) Star Wars won. Kevin Scott even uh, said something to me when I showed him my picture on Twitter. So it's been a good, it's been a good week. I got to unzip my jacket. It's getting sweaty in here. But tonight we are going to be talking about a comic that is, uh, well, a comic that's, not been released this week. A comic that who knows how many variant covers there are for it, because there's a lot. We are going to be talking about Knights of the Old Republic.
0: So, Freddie, do you insane. like Knights of the Old Republic? Uh, you know, I, I just get such bliss when I hear HK-47 calling me a meatbag. Meatbags? Wait a second. No, 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 Freddy, we're not talking about the video game. I mean, don't get
1: me wrong. I love being called a meatbag by HK-47. HK-47, the best droid in all of Legends. Best droid in all of Star Wars. Take that, R2. But um, we're not talking about the 2003 video game. Um, he's truly, truly the best droid, though. So, no
0: Zalbar either?
1: You know, I, I can't remember if Zalbar is in this. Mission's in this in at least an issue or two. Um, I'm afraid not, though, Freddy.
0: Hmm. What about what about the first volume of the Tales of the Jedi comics from the '90s with uh, Naomi Sunrider, Ulic K- uh, Caldroma, uh You know, see. you really are highlighting a real problem that we've got here in Legends, Freddy, and that's the
1: fact that there's a lot of things titled "Knights of the Old Republic." So some disambiguation here. Um, we just recycle all of our titles in Legends. <laughs> we got, as I said earlier in the episode, Tales of the Jedi is named, you know, for this this big collection that doesn't have any tales of the jedi in it all of that is to say tonight we are taking our look at just the introduction we're just gonna be talking mostly about the first issue some behind the scenes trivia we'll get more into the meat over the next couple of weeks of john jackson miller's 50 plus issue series from dark horse comics starring padawan zane carrick called knights of the old republic whoo that's a lot of knights of the old republic (laughs) We'll be calling it KOTOR from here on out, just for the sake of the mouthful. And what's amazing, Freddie, is did you know that we actually have an anniversary coming up with this KOTOR comic? We do? Yeah. In fact, uh, John Jackson Miller took to Twitter tonight to do a little bit of clarification for the fact that uh, issue one of John Jackson Miller's series came out on January 5th, 2006, so 15-year anniversary coming up. Um but that issue zero actually came out after issue two. <laughs> so people were sending him congratulations on the 15-year anniversary of your comic. And he had to say, well, hold on. Hold your horses. That, that issue one came out, and then issue two, and then issue zero. <laughs> Isn't that the most Star Wars thing ever,
0: Freddie?
1: Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah well, we got episode four, and then episode five, and then episode six. And episode one, two, and three. And then episode seven. <laughs> and then Rogue One. What do we even name that thing? Anyway, um, yeah, it, it, first issue came out January twenty fifth, two thousand six. It ran for five years, which is pretty incredible. Um, it seems like with recent Marvel comics, it's hard for anything to get up get up to that kind of steam. Um Dark Horse I think had a little bit better track record in terms of being able to piece together uh longer series without just rebooting them with number ones. Marvel has more of a, a history of that. And for some more trivia with the the publishing the release dates, this is incredible. John Jackson Miller puts all of the behind the scenes info on his website far far away something. Far far what's he call his website? I have uh, botched it. Far away. John if you're watching this, I'm sorry. I tried we're trying to plug your website, and I absolutely ruined it. Anyway, uh, just Google John Jackson Miller's website. There's got all kinds of great behind-the-scenes stuff there. He's got behind-the-scenes info on every single issue of Knights of the Old Republic. I'll be referencing uh, Far, Far Away Press. East Far Kuma Away Joe, Press. I think that's right. Far Away Press. Far Away Press. Um, he puts out behind-the-scenes info on every single piece of Star Wars that he writes, and I'll be referencing bits and pieces as is relevant to our show Amazingly, issue one of Night's Little Republic came out exactly 363 days after John Jackson Miller had his initial conversation with uh, the editorial crew at uh, Dark Horse about writing this comic. 363 days.
0: Isn't that incredible, Freddie? It is. I don't know if you knew this, but he was just coming off of, I believe he was, uh, before he, he started with Dark Horse, he was working on the Iron Man comic and, oh, yeah, and yeah. he was it was like a year-long comic that he was uh he, he was pretty tired after it and he was taking a break and ended up uh in Oregon talking with uh Dark Horse and I mean who knew that he'd get a five-year uh contract <laughs> with with that after yeah, after he incredible. thought a year was a long time
1: there's some good job security if you're a writer Oh, yeah.
0: It feels like that's a hard thing to come by as a
1: writer. <laughs> some job security, a five-year series. Um, I wonder how much of it was just the name, Knights of the Old Republic. And if you're wanting just like a prequel to the video game, that's not what this is. It's got some some bits and pieces that tie in in amazing ways. They're huge payoffs when it does reference the video game. But I think part of why it is so successful as being its own thing is he doesn't try to capitalize too much on the video game. Mm-hmm. It's not derivative. He writes his own story, really commits to his character. Characters and the world building in this is incredible. Um, I've got to admit, I am on issue thirty personally of this fifty, maybe maybe a little bit more, depending on if we're counting issue zero. We don't count episode zero of Legends Look Back, so I'm not sure if he counts issue zero of Nazi sealed Republic. But um, I'm on issue thirty personally. Hopefully, by this time next week, when we get around to our next episode, I will have finished it. So there's a lot to get through, but amazingly. Um, You can pick this up in a variety of formats. Now, it's been released in the Dark Horse Omnibuy, which are a little bit more difficult to come by these days. Or, as I showed off earlier, you can get the Marvel Legends Epic Collection. They have three volumes of the the Epic Collections to collect all of these issues if you want. Or, something coming out very soon, which is pretty exciting, is a, a massive hardback omnibus. Uh, and there's two different versions of them, Freddie. You know I'm a sucker for a variant <laughs> cover. <laughs> so we just spent the first 10 minutes of the show establishing. Have you seen these, man? Have you seen these new hardcovers? I did.
0: I did. I, I really like them. They're so nice.
1: Which Which one do you think you'll pick up? We got the one with the, 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 the cover art that's on issue zero, and then another one with like the, the dark and broody Zane Carrick cover art that's it's on... Well, I'm not on the issue yet, but I think I'm getting close. Issue maybe 30-something. Um. Are you gonna get the one with the the full spread of the whole cast, or just the the dark and broody Zane Carrick?
0: I definitely like the whole cast. That's that's what I was used to seeing, so I, I might just go with that. But the the dark and broody uh, Zarek, I I don't know. It's hard to say. I like both of them.
1: So you got the chain cover and the weaver cover uh,
0: weaver cover. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know.
1: So so Skuma says that he just got the one with the weaver cover. I don't remember which one I got, but I'll have to find out that info for next week. I know I'm excited. Uh, they've actually got a great deal on it over on uh it's it's issue 33 cover. Thanks Skuma Joe. It's uh, the issue 33 cover. See, I knew I was close. Pretty exciting. Um uh they've got a re- great deal on this over at um what's the name of this website? Uh, Things from another world. So obviously we would typically plug Utini and get our affiliate links. We don't have an affiliate link on uh, on this one yet. But if we do, you'll be the first to hear about it. We'll throw uh, a link over in the Legends Look Back Discord channel. So there's a variety of ways to read this. Uh, a ton of different artists have worked on this series. And uh, maybe next week we can start off with having uh, Freddie show off his favorite cover art from the whole series. Because, you know, uh, Freddy's a sucker for cover art,
0: aren't you? <laughs> I am. <laughs> First thing I do when I and, look at a comic book, uh, who you know, look for the secret name, right? Oh, Travis, you know.
1: You know, one of the really fun things uh, to talk about here is uh, the inspiration for Zane Carrick. We'll get to him in a minute. That the uh, the artist actually used. But one final piece of behind the scenes trivia to cover is that the the timeline placement on all of this is uh, three thousand nine hundred sixty four years before the Battle of Yavin, according to the book. I did not do the math myself. Uh, Sandwich between and this is where it really gets interesting it's sandwiched between the tales of the jedi comics and the knights of the old republic video game even though it was written after both of them <laughs> taking place during the mandalorian wars even though it's not primarily about the mandalorian wars it's primarily about this this conflict with zane and these uh these this jedi cabal of evil what are they called uh, the the uh, i've got it in the notes here somewhere the villains Help me out, Freddy. Uh, The Jedi Covenant. Yeah, the Covenant, yeah. So it really focuses on this personal story with them, but from time to time, you'll just catch them right in the middle of a massive battle, and there's Mandalorians just blasting each other, and you're like, oh, hey, this really ties in well now that we're in the middle of our own Mandalorian TV show. Uh, So it's definitely one of the, I would say, best Legends things you could pick up if you want some more Legends Mandalorian action in your life so uh 3,964 years because I think they they date uh Knights of the Republic the video game 4,000 years so we're dating back from that forward from the um Knights of the Republic video game 2003 game of the year <sighs> all that is to say that this leads uh to be the the backdrop and lead in for the video game it's referencing some things from those 90s tales of the Jedi comics uh issue I was reading tonight talked a little bit about uh, Ludo cresh. Uh, let me some Ludo Crash. But without further ado, let's get into it. Um, remember, if you have not had an opportunity to pick these up tonight, we're mostly just going to be setting up some basic overarching uh, bits and pieces from the series, uh, spoiling a little bit from issue one. In issue zero, but there's really nothing all that spoiler really from uh, issue zero. And uh, then in the next week, we're going to cover the series as it's in its entirety. So remember that this will be spoiler heavy territory, at least tonight for issue one. Nothing beyond that in particular. So without further ado, here we go. On the night on which Zane Kirik and his fellow Padawan classmates were to be knighted, or in Zane's case, you know, probably he wasn't going to be knighted because he wasn't all that successful at being a Jedi Padawan in the first place. Zayn arrived late to discover that the Jedi Masters, who he had befriended and known and trusted all these years, had murdered their students. <gasps> Teaming up with his former nemesis Marn Hieroglyph, or Griff for short, the small-time Snivian crook, Zane finds himself on the run from his former masters and investigating the truth behind this tragic turn of events. I th- Freddie, I think that was the shortest summary <laughs> I've given I think so. in the history of Legends <laughs> Look Back. Uh, there's so much more we'll get into in terms of details for next week, but in terms of just uh, setting it up, uh, Suma Joe, does that do it justice? No, don't answer that. Don't answer that, because I know it doesn't. But uh, Freddie um i know that this isn't a series you've been uh, overly familiar with at least until recently when i said we're going to cover it on the podcast so uh,
0: how much of this have you read up to this point and uh how would you rate it on the scale of one to ten you know i really so first of all the way john jackson miller portrays jedi i actually don't mind i i i i feel like he's one that that uh you know uh how do i describe this he he's he tries to tear them down a little bit, showing them that they are not as powerful or yeah. as good as people think they are. And they do have this uh, holier than thou mentality, and try to take the future into their hands in most in most cases. And they tend to be the cause of a lot of issues, right? And <laughs> you can see it with uh, it, even even in canon, we see it with with uh, Luke trying to take it into his own hands. You know, the it, it turns. It turns the very people they're trying to to teach into the the thing that they're trying to fight against, right the Sith in this case, or yeah uh, and I really like that point of view because I feel like it's something that needs to be talked about in in Star Wars because it's true and and I'm glad that he does it and and I was never really too f- into uh the Knights of the old Republic uh genre it was it was more into like the the you know i guess at the time it was just. The, the current era of Star Wars. And I started getting into it when when I started playing um, the MMO. And, oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, and then I started reading it, and then I read it again when when we talked about it for this episode. And I, I have to say, I like it a lot, and, and I'm really into it. And uh, I can see why there's 52 comics. I mean, you just read one, and you just want to move on to the next.
1: Yeah, that's true. It's very bingeable. Um, you know, for me, I think the things that have me the most interested are the the tie-ins to the video game because i played it so many times loved it so much and you know in high school um so excited to whenever they do reference a character it's got some great appearances from some of the 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 characters from the game i don't want to spoil it it's just uh when they do show up it's incredible and they're written really really well so i kind of live for those moments but then uh he also writes some of these original characters that are excellent along the way I'll, i'll say this much there's a pair of um, Ithorian bounty hunters, the Mumo brothers—I oh, yeah. think <laughs> so are funny. absolutely some of my favorite Legends characters. Every time they show up on the page, I'm like, oh, "This is amazing!" Because the trope is, and, and John Jackson Miller does a good job at uh, avoiding this. The trope typically is, um, that if you're have we talked about this before, Freddie? If you're if you're a Rodian, you're a bounty hunter, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, and, and you're always gonna get shot, yeah, <laughs> um. Whether you get shot first or second, it doesn't matter. But you're gonna die if you're if you're a rhodian bounty hunter. You're you're like a sniveling uh, loser of a bounty <laughs> exactly. hunter. If you're, what's another good example of this, Freddy? Like a species that always gets pigeonholed as uh, of one profession.
0: Uh, let's see. Uh, we uh, well, this is a tough one because uh, I keep thinking about droids. That's all I think about. Obviously, they have to do their thing. <laughs> droids are not a species, <laughs> no. Freddy. <laughs>
1: Uh, a but there is there is like this trope of of having a droid that's like r2 or a droid that's like 3po true and so i think it's harder for authors to conceive of different kinds of droids yeah which is once again why we love um why we love uh hk-47 so much because oh. he's an assassin <laughs> droid and, and since then so many people have just
0: parodied hk-47 yeah. let's see you can think of the uh the what is it the solace the solace folk solistons i forget how, what they call them they're all good great yeah yeah pil- they're pilots. always pilots yeah, great pilots. they're good co-pilots, <laughs> co-pilots. just co-pilots, yeah, just co-pilots. Right, sure
1: yeah. uh elena makes a great point that trandoshans are always bad guys until and she makes a good point there is now a trandoshan jedi in in light in in the the high republic stuff in skier how do you say it skier um sebo who's sebo Wes. i'm not sure i can't remember um I don't if if it's not legends that you're missing, you know, I, it's lost <laughs> on me. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah, help me out here if you can think of a time when there's a species that is just like always pegged as one particular thing, um, uh, that that's particular, particularly helpful. Oh, okay, nuts. Wes says that that Sibo is a Rodian lobot from Rebels. That's right, that's right. Uh, so there's a, ro- a Rodian who breaks the mold, but. It's rare. It's certainly rare. So that's one of the things that I think John Jackson Miller does well. Uh, I'm going to rate this. Freddie, did you give me a number? I did give you what's a number. Your, what's your number? Uh,
0: I, so I've only gotten up to Vector, which I believe is like the eighth. Okay. Yeah, that's what I just finished tonight. Okay. Okay. Uh, so far, I, I really like it. I really like it. It, it. To me, it's it's been a more of an introduction to the uh, Knights of the Old Republic universe, which is still something I haven't dove into as much. Uh, but I, I like it so far. I'm going to give it so far a seven because I, I just like John Jackson Miller and I like what he does with the Jedi.
1: Yeah. I, I'm i like a 7.7 7 or 8. I, I'm close to it being an 8. and I think by the time the series is done, it's going to be an 8 for me um, because it tells this incredibly personal story and I do want those moments where it does break into the larger uh, goings-on of the galaxy whenever it does touch on um Cassius Fett and the Mandalore and the Mandalorian Wars and uh, we really get into behind the scenes on what's really going on in the larger galaxy um there's a villain from KOTOR who comes up from time to time before he is as villainous as he is in KOTOR that's all I'll say for tonight and so uh, there's some times there where I'm like oh this is what I'm living for but then there's there's a lot of other goofy stuff like any of the goofy stuff between um Zane and Griff in particular, where they're like bumbling buffoons. I'm like, this is a little bit three stoogy to me, but then at other times it's, it's like classically star Wars. I think about like um, Han and Chewie running down the hallway of the death star, like running from all the stormtroopers. John, John really captures that fun side of star Wars. Don't you think? I think so.
0: Uh, (laughs) I I was reading something and I'm going to have to go back when we talk about the comic books, but I feel like there was almost a dare to do something. And I, I I'll, Try to read back and see if I can pinpoint it, but it was almost like there was a dare for him to insert some kind of thing into Star Wars, and he made it work, and it was really cool. So I'll bring it up for the next one. Okay, yeah.
1: Yeah, we've got all kinds of behind the scenes info as we get into it next week. I know, Scooma Joe says, How dare you rate it lower than a 10 out of 10? (laughs) It's his favorite. We've all got our favorite. Uh, Pretty soon, we're going to be talking about the Jedi Academy trilogy, and I think we're going to have a pretty. Um, A pretty biased perspective on the Jedi Academy Trilogy. We're going to rate it really highly between me and Freddie and Nathan because uh, we all have this incredible place of nostalgia for it. Yeah. However, objectively, we all know it's not that great <laughs> in terms of its writing style. But, uh, yeah. oh man, do I love me some uh, Sun Crusher Kipteron reaction. Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, hey, we've all got our own perspective on what makes it great. And the nice little public game for me is a 10 out of 10. And for the depth that this lends to that game, um, in terms of the way it develops some of those key characters, and then the, the backdrop of events with the Mandalorian Wars, I mean, it makes that game even better for me. So how can you make a 10 out of 10 even better? Anyway, uh, so it does really well with that. Tonight, as we get into the episode, we're just going to talk about a couple of key characters before we talk about more characters um, next week. First and foremost, the hero himself, but he's actually kind of a loser, isn't he? Jane, uh, Zane Carrick. I almost called him Jane Carrick. There's a gender flipped version, uh, Jane Carrick. All right. So Freddie, at the outset of the series, Zane is thought basically to have only marginal Force ability, and it's interesting to find him in the first, you know, issue, issue and a half there of uh, finding him as this trope of the the failed Padawan. Because that is something that comes up from time to time. Uh, The Padawan, who's actually not all that Force-sensitive, not as good of a Jedi as others, comes up from time to time in Legends. Uh, Even in a recent High Republic book, there's a character of that trope. But then he expands beyond that. Um, He's unsure at the beginning of whether or not he'll be knighted, but then... Now I've read you know 30 issues of this, but I did have to get a little bit of help from Wikipedia just to just to try to describe and characterize Zane because I was struggling to be honest with you. I was struggling to put his character into words, um, so see if I can do a better job for next week. But according to the book, Zane possesses. Don't you just love the the powers and abilities sections on <laughs> Wikipedia, yeah. Freddy? Yeah. So now according to the book, these are his powers and abilities all right let me know if you think all these are actual powers and abilities but i do love this list one a natural ability to form close friendships two <laughs> uh random destructive power aka clumsiness <laughs> three frequent force visions so it described him as having a strong connection to the the unifying force, which grants him these, these visions, which he does a good job at interpreting, the, uh, interpreting them. I think about the analog of being like the biblical Joseph, who's good at like perceiving visions. So that's kind of fun. Got to have my Bible analogies, <laughs> Freddie. You know me. Uh, and then fourthly, the, the power that is called reversal of fortunes, where he grows stronger as a result of failure. Now, I do have to say, speaking of powers and abilities, meant to mention this at the beginning of the episode. Freddy, in the High Republic, in light of the Jedi, uh, this is pretty exciting. We've got a character, a Jedi character, who, in perfect Legends fashion... Uh, brings the incredible overpowered force ability of battle meditation
0: oh, back into yes. the limelight. So
1: <laughs> battle meditation has made a comeback. All right, I had to make sure I put that out there. But all right, with Zane, with these four, with these different powers and abilities, which of these, I'm gonna ask you two questions. One, if you had to choose one of these four abilities and powers, if we want to call them that, personally, which one do you think um, you would want the most? All right, which of these would you pick? If you... Um, We're going to get one special Jedi power, and it had to be one of Zane Carrick's powers. Which one would you pick? Feel free, everybody, to uh, follow along with us in the chat. And then secondly, which one of these do you think you would be most likely to have? Which one of these best characterizes you? Because I know for sure, for me, it's the clumsy thing. Uh, I have spilled about uh, 100,000 gallons of orange soda in my lifetime. Okay, uh, how about you, Freddy? Which of these do you think you would want the most, and which one uh, is the most honestly... Uh, the power that you would have
0: i would love reversal of fortunes <laughs> i think that's crazy yeah
1: <laughs> i mean don't all right don't we all have reversal of fortunes if you think about it we all grow stronger with failure true, um true failure the greatest teacher is <laughs> <laughs> um yoda
0: last jedi all right um uh could you not tell that was a good one go ahead which which one, which one would way. you pick uh so uh, definitely reversal of fortunes. I think would be really cool because uh how many times are you just tired of failing over and over? Maybe, <laughs> but yeah. uh I feel like the one that I have the most is definitely the natural ability to form like close friendships, without a doubt. I feel like yeah, that's, okay, that's, I can see that. Yeah, that's definitely one the one that I have. If if I were to have that as a power.
1: Um, You know, I I can definitely attest to that. The first conversation you and I ever had, Freddie, I said, hey, I need somebody to hop on a call with me and help me test out my Legends podcast idea. And you were like, I'll be there. (laughs) And uh, from from the opening moments, I was like, hey, we've got some real chemistry. But I'm starting to suspect, Freddie, that this is how it goes with you in every conversation with everybody (laughs) ever. People always just feel like you're their best friend. Well, I don't don't
0: know if you remember, but uh, what was it the last episode? If we had a bunch of clones of ourselves, what would we do? And I happen to want to be friends with all of mine. (laughs) (laughs) You did say that. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. Amazing. All right. So
1: I said for me, uh, definitely have the clumsiness. Skimma Joe says he has that as well. Um, And feel free, everybody, to play along with us there in the chat. So you've got a good group with us here tonight. Welcome. Glad to have you with us here for the live show if you're listening on audio. Remember, we do this show every every week, Thursday, uh, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. You're welcome to join us and answer these questions with us in the chat. Um, Which one would I want to have the most? The Force Visions, the Force Visions would be good. Uh, I don't know, though. I, don't, I prefer to just get, like, the full rim sleep. You don't want to have the <laughs> nightmares. Random destructive power. You know, it's like turning clumsiness into an actual power. <laughs> so, so that one's fun. But let me ask you this, Freddie. Did you know which famous actor Dustin Weaver, the, the artist, based Zane's appearance on? Now, I did not put the answer in the show notes Oh because I, I want you to look at the art and, and think, what young version of a famous 2006 actor um, do you think he based Zayn's appearance on? This is a good
0: one. Uh, definitely, definitely not Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh...
1: <laughs> no, not that one.
0: Let me see. I'm going to search his name right now. I'm going to look at his picture.
1: Yeah, look him up. Everybody else, you're free to do so. I've actually got to find... I wrote the answer down somewhere today. So that Freddie wouldn't see the answer, but th- so I would have the answer on. On um, we don't
0: rehearse any of this stuff, by the way. Every time he asks a question, <laughs> or, quick draw. or like a a quiz of some sort, I I literally I don't really no. Do, this is the fun part. I don't prepare too much. I
1: love I love putting some games in the Legends Look Back.
0: Yeah. Uh man, this is no. a tough one. I can't I can't really tell. I'll tell you
1: this much: as as soon as I read it on John Jackson Miller's website, I was like immediately I could see it, but I couldn't see it. I didn't realize it until. It's not like the cover of The Courtship of Princess Leia, where you're like, that's not Iceholder. that's definitely Fabio. It's not quite like that, but um, it's Christian Slater.
0: Oh my god, okay, yep, I can see it.
1: Now, you and I are both a little bit confounded because we've been reading the Vector story arc, which is done by a different artist, which has a totally different art style. It's Mm -hmm. much more cartoony. So. We're both picturing like a different version of the character. But um, another character who definitely has an interesting uh, artistic inspiration is his sidekick slash arch nemesis slash best friend um, over the course of the series. And that is Griff himself. Um, Based on your initial impression, Freddie... Griff, of course, fits into a couple of different uh, Star Wars tropes. On the one hand, he's the classic Star Wars sidekick in the vein of Chewbacca, right? And on the other hand, he's also in the, the vein of the Star Wars scoundrel types. Uh, he's got his own moral compass. He's kind of a thief. He's a small time crook who doesn't want to be called a small time crook, right? He, <laughs> yeah. he it's a big deal for him that he is uh, <laughs> that he's actually a, a large time criminal. Um, an intergalactic criminal, not just a small-time crook. So, based on your initial impression, where do you rank Griff among the best Star Wars sidekicks, and then among the best scoundrel types I like, in Star Wars?
0: I, I like him a lot. I, I think he he's very unique. He, uh, how do I describe it? He's uh, he he's definitely not that successful. And in his head, he is like one of the best, and he can get all the riches whenever he needs them. Any ship he needs. Oh, don't worry, I know a guy there. <laughs> yeah,
1: he, he's yeah his his best trait is that he knows a guy. Yeah, exactly. It never <laughs> seems to work out well for them, but he always knows a guy.
0: Yeah, I, I like him a lot. He, I, I, don't know where to rate him yet. I'm gonna give it some time. Uh, maybe I'll rate him the next episode. Sure. But uh, he's growing on me. I like him.
1: Yeah. Uh, here's a fun thing about him. Um, John Jackson Miller initially didn't want to. Uh, he didn't initially want to make him a snivian. He actually had a different uh, species in mind. Do you know the answer to this, Freddy? What uh, what species did he plan on making Griff before his editors made him change it into a character who was able to show more facial expressions? This
0: one I feel like I do know. Uh, Max Rebo. What is his species?
1: Yeah, the uh, Ortolan? Yeah. Ortolan? Yeah.
0: Ortolan, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I did know the, that.
1: The blue elephant man. Now, Freddie, do you know the, the behind-the-scenes... Uh, Star Wars drama over the species of Ortolans. Um, there's like a long-standing debate surrounding
0: Max Rebo. Well, I do know that... I know there was something that we've been talking about in, in Discord or Slack, I forget. But uh, I know that they're, they don't make any... So the reason I remember John Jackson Miller, Miller, the reason why they told him not to use him is because uh, the Ortolans, I believe, don't have facial expressions, so... Right, how would you right. really... Just a snout. Yeah, just big a snout. snout. And how do you really... <laughs> and eyes. Exactly. And, you know, this is a comic book. This is a visual thing, so... You're
1: going to be looking at this sucker for 50 issues. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's like a fun gag for one issue, but then if he's a main character, it's really going to get old. Um, actually, one of the long-standing like, Star Wars species debates is how many arms, how many <laughs> limbs do Ortolans have? Because if you're really paying attention... Um, Max Rebo is playing the piano with his feet, you know, (laughs) so (laughs) he's, he's, uh, actually doesn't have arms, so it's one of the fun, yeah, that's what Scooma Joe says, Max Rebo's hands are his feet, and his ears are actually flippers, but there's tons of uh, anatomically incorrect versions of Max Rebo, of Ortolans out there, there's tons of them with extra limbs, extra appendages, which is not canon or legends, (laughs) it's just, just a mistake, anyway, uh, Thankfully, Griff did not end up as an Ortolan, no matter how many lambs you would have given him, because it just wouldn't quite have worked. But instead, he is a Snivian. Um, Freddie, do you know what the common colloquial name for Snivians are? Do you know what. Are we, are uh, what's we allowed an, to say this, term?
0: this derogatory. It it almost sounds like a racial slur, doesn't it? Let me see if it shows up. <laughs>
1: You're going to see if they let you put it in the. <laughs> Snaggle tooth. Oh, I thought you were going to try <laughs> to type it into the like Twitch chat and see if they edited it. <laughs> like, uh, they're going to censor you for saying snaggletooth. <laughs> yeah. Was that the blue snaggletooth or the red snaggletooth?
0: Uh, blue snaggletooth.
1: The blue snaggletooth. I've got it. I've got the red snaggletooth Funko. I think to get the blue one one of these days. Yeah, so he's a snaggletooth. Uh, John Jackson Moe does a great job at this in using an original ca- trilogy character in a way that they've never really been um, highlighted before. So, we finally got a, a snaggletooth in the limelight. I think it actually comes up in the series. I'll see if I can find a reference to it where somebody calls him a snaggletooth. And um, he took offense to that. Yeah, yeah. He, was like, he was like, don't you call me that. Um, all right, so we got a fun, a fun thing in the chat here from Skuma Joe. He actually says, Carth Onassi. Uh, you'll know Carth from Nice Little Public Video Game. He actually makes an appearance in this series. Um, he actually says, Dustin Weaver, the same artist um, we talked about earlier. Siri, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to Freddie. <laughs> um, Dustin Weaver based Cartho Onassi's appearance on John Jackson Miller. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd seen that. I'd seen that. I'd forgotten it. So that's excellent. Excellent. Incredible. So we've talked a little bit about uh, our main characters. We haven't said much about, you know, nothing substantial about these guys. But um, let's talk just for a minute about the main villain of the series. And that is, well, he's a Jedi Master. Um, Lucian Dre is is kind of leading this. And, of course, it comes up later in the series on who's actually leading this band of, of um, uh deranged jedi um, he leads this jedi covenant they jedi consulars i think issue nine gives his backstory if i'm correct so you don't get it for a little while but lucian dre and the jedi covenant they're jedi consulars who basically uh, believe that uh, they need to prevent the return of the sith and that uh, they've got a, a these force visions that have led them into believing that they can prevent the return of the sith and so they're they're willing to to do some evil things, eliminating their Padawans in order to, you know, for the greater good, as far as they're concerned, to prevent the return of the Sith. So Freddy um, actually loaned some of these issues to my little brother-in-law, who's 13 over Christmas breaks. We were all sitting around reading our books, and he just wanted to, like, play basketball instead. I was like, listen, man, (laughs) I just got a new Star Wars book. I'm going to sit and read. And I've got an extra Kindle over here with some Star Wars comics loaded on it, but there's nothing you're going to do for the next two hours to prevent me from drinking my coffee and reading this book. So I handed him this, the only comics on it were Knights of the Republic. I was like, knock yourself out, kid. And he asked me a very insightful question. Very insightful question I'm gonna bring onto the podcast here, giving Dylan a shout out. The question is this, he says, Do you think Lucian Dre and the Jedi Covenant actually think that they're evil? Or do they actually think that they're in the right? Um do you think that they understand that they have slipped to the dark side? What do you
0: think, Freddie? What's your take on this? Yeah, they
1: and you know, we obviously haven't finished the series yet, so who knows where this is
0: going. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Just from my point of view, it, it seems like they have absolutely no idea. They're so self absorbed. Uh they I don't even know how to how to consider it in in real real terms, but they definitely think they are right. And the fact that they go as far as killing their own Padawans to try to uh, change, you know, I don't want to do. T- I don't want to say too much, right? But I, it's 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 right. An issue one. Um, I try not to say too much. It's hard, but basically, if you have to do, if you have to kill somebody in order to, uh, you know, just to try to make things right, that's probably not the best way to do it. First, you should yeah. probably you should try to see how things play out. Instead of there we go, covering... let's put that on
1: our business card. <laughs> Legends look back. We don't condone murder, yeah, exactly. for any reason.
0: <laughs> Uh, you know, when you're sitting there hovering over your nephew with a blade, uh, lightsaber, doesn't look too Get good. Get that back!
1: Get that cannon stuff out of here, Freddy. <laughs> never happened in Legends. Good boy, Luke would never do no such way, a thing. No way. No, I think you're right. And bringing it into the real world just a little bit. Um, <laughs> you know, this this is an important point to make that that you should never be so sure of yourself, so sure that you're doing the right thing that you lose sight of your values, that you lose sight of um right and wrong from a broader perspective we can be so convinced that we're right that we become the thing that we've sworn to destroy and i think we're seeing that a little bit in real world real world politics um here's one of the my favorite things to say in in a professional personal context Uh, to be willing to admit this and, and it can be hard for some people but it's i would say the key to all my success as a person be willing to say this one sentence all right here's some free preacher advice for you uh, here's a sentence that's going to change your life. Just say this, you might be right. If somebody disagrees with you, somebody holds a different perspective from you, if you can be willing to say this, you know what, you may be right. Um, it does a lot to disarm the other person. It also, if you, if you can truly mean it, if, you, if you're not disingenuous about it, um, if you can actually mean it, it's, it's a way of taking yourself down a notch and saying, you know what, um, I can be fallible from time to time. I might misunderstand this issue. I am not a perfect person. So um, this is a, p- a perfect thing for us to think about in terms of uh, analyzing the villains here and get a little bit of a real-world parallel, a real-world analog. And uh, Skuma Joe makes a great point here, and I think he's really on to something. He says one of his favorite things about KOTOR is the depth of the villains. Mm. Now, this is cool. Um, it seems to me, at least on the rhythm that the series is taking. Have you noticed this, Freddy? Mm-hmm. That it's like almost every story arc highlights a different uh Jedi Master from the Jedi Covenant, so they each play a villainous role in the in a different way, uh in a different arc. Do you think that's accurate?
0: Yeah, that that actually sounds accurate. I never really thought of it until now, but I, I that sounds about right to me. That's how it plays out at least.
1: I just got to a new one tonight in the comics that I'm reading. I don't even know the dude's name. He's got big blue tentacles. It's not a Twi'lek. I think he's a different species that's similar to a Twilight. Anyway, he's coming in looking like a barbarian with his big blue lightsaber, and the rain is pouring down. I was like, okay, cool. I like that we're getting some variety here. And, um wow, we've barely scratched the surface on all of this, and yet there's so much for us to talk about. Uh, next week, uh, feel free, everybody, in the meantime, to put your – um But your suggestions, what character would you like for us to spend a few minutes on next week? Because there's no way we can talk about every single character across all 52 issues. Um, But what we can do is talk about our favorites. We can also talk about some of your favorites. You got a character, you got a question, pop them in the Legends Look Back Discord channel. We'll be willing to go from there. Also, coming soon, Nathan from the YouTubes. You know him and love him is going to be joining us for his first time on Legends Look Back to talk about the classic Legends Jedi Academy trilogy by the infamous Kevin J. Anderson. And I could not be more excited. So that is it for this week. Thanks for joining us for Legends Look Back. And thanks, of course, to Meg, our producer, and the previously aforementioned Nathan, our video editor. Thanks especially to our incredible patrons and to our live audience who is right here with us tonight. We've loved having you. It's been fun to hang out with our Star Wars friends in a crazy week like this one. You, of course, can also get in on the behind the scenes of Utini with access to all kinds of. Bonus shows, Meg, our very own Meg, has her own show, Calf Fabes, which I love. We've got Lightspeed skipping making its return soon. The Star Wars Archives, which I just recorded a little blurb for tonight. We've got some fun Legends crossover content coming there and so much more. Also, now that we're live on Twitch, you can help us out by subscribing either the old-fashioned way or with Prime Gaming and just steal those credits out of Bezos' pocket and put them right into the Utini treasury. Also, remember that we want your questions. Um, you can, of course, email us, back at eugenie.com or send us a message in the legends look back discord channel or leave a comment on this episode on youtube or hey this is pretty exciting we've got our own legends look back twitter you can tweet at us at legends look back or tweet us personally i'm at jared q mays Freddie at wake up Freddie, and meg at meg Dowell. awesome if you are looking to buy some of these books want to help support the show Woo! There's all kinds of ways you can buy the Knights of the Old Republic. You can get it with multiple covers and multiple formats. You can buy all 52 issues and all three epic collections and both versions of the hardcover on the bus. Well maybe that's too much. Hey, however you want to get it, you can go over to Utini.com, click the Amazon link in the profile, and we'll get a few cents to help keep the lights on. Another way to help us out and show your love of Utini is by grabbing some swag from our merch store at utini.com slash merch. And if you read any of these books, head on over to UTini.com. Leave us a review. Leave us a review on all 52 issues while you're at it, because we got a lot to catch up on with this <laughs> stuff. Let us know what you think. And remember, now more than ever, remember to keep the Utini fan code and be a force for, po- for positivity in the fandom and in the world. May the force be with you.
0: This is a Utini Broadcast.